This is Digital Pathology Today. Now here's your host, Dr. Joseph Anderson. As we kick off this third season of Digital Pathology Today, our guest is Dr. Kevin Sandeman from the region Skåne in Sweden, who's going to be taking us through their digital transformation. The region Skåne covers a population of over 4 million people, involves four healthcare systems, including two academic and two community medical centers. The caseload is over 110,000 cases per year, generating over 680,000 scan slides annually. This is a wonderful story, and the benefits are maybe not what you would expect. Welcome to Digital Pathology Today. I'm Joe Anderson. In addition to the obvious benefits of not having to be tethered to a microscope, according to Dr. Kevin Sandeman, the number one benefit resulting from the digital transformation is, as he says, peace of mind. The departments in the region have enjoyed much higher quality in terms of histologic preparations and output, enhanced engagement and understanding among histotechnologists, reduction of histotechnologist FTE requirements, and the complete elimination of the need to work overtime. Turnaround time for cases has dropped an astounding 33%, and clinician satisfaction is remarkably increased. We're also going to be talking about some of the challenges, of course, in adopting the digital workflow, not to mention the IT infrastructure requirements and storage demands, but at the top of the list, Dr. Sandeman said appeared to be the initial pathologist resistance to adopting a digital workflow. Digital pathology is changing the practice of medicine. So come and experience an exclusive conference focused on practicing digitally. The Digital Diagnostic Summit will be held September 21st through 23rd at the Elite St. Regis Resort in the heart of Park City's Wasatch Mountains. This intimate summit will showcase the latest and greatest developments with the FDA, genetic testing, AI, and will unveil groundbreaking new tech. In addition, registration includes premier excursions like guided fly fishing, mountain biking, or a High West saloon tour complete with whiskey tasting. Our very own Dr. Joe Anderson will be moderating a panel of world-renowned pathologists discussing the puts and takes of going digital. These two days will change the way you look at the digital pathology landscape forever. So join us September 21st through 23rd. Register online at digitaldiagnosticsummit.com. That's digitaldiagnosticsummit.com. Dr. Kevin Sandeman, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much for this opportunity to have a discussion. We're going to be discussing your digital transformation in the region Skåne in Sweden. I think our listeners are very eager to hear. You have a very unique experience. Just how big was the uh, transformation? You have several laboratories and a large healthcare system. So maybe just give us an idea of the size and scope of what you've done. Well, I'll first describe the, the geography. So uh, the region of Skåne is in the southern part of Sweden. And um, the pathology or the department for clinical genetics and pathology take care of the specimens of 1,307,000 inhabitants in the region. We do this with four centers. So we have two university centers that take part of about each takes about uh, 35% of the volume. And then we have two minor peripheral centers that take care of 15% of the workflow. And altogether, it's about 110,000 uh, histological specimens per year that are processed within our region. These specimens produce an average of 680,000 uh, scanned slides per year. And I will have to strain that this is always, it's only the histological part of our process. So it's a fairly large geographical region and then also a relatively large 
uh, volume of cases. And then, of course, like you said, that's just the histology. So then there's other considerations of how to integrate all of the uh, specimens and healthcare data from these patients and kind of bring it together in a usable way. When did you first get the idea or when was there the demand or the need or the realization that we have to do something different or we'd like to do something different? I think for the region of Skåne, um, I think there was always the intent of work digitally after they digitalized the radiology department starting during the 90s and uh, digitalized even more within the region in the beginning of 2000. And then the idea was also doing this for pathology. Uh, so I think the idea is, is quite old. There was, of course, the technique, the technology that wasn't ready back then. And I think the first preparations, well, I wasn't in this region back then, but I think the first preparations were about like 2014, first thoughts about going digitally with the microscopy. The, eventually, it was not until 2019, May 2019, that we were, really went digitally full scale. Uh, before we had four or five years of experience, but it was not full scale, it was more on a minor level. There's a lot of components to this, and I think there's a lot of areas where you can jump in or maybe pick and choose, or maybe you know part of your operation is digital and the other is manual, and it's an iterative uh, process. But it sounds like it's been several years in the making, so maybe seven years since you got the idea. That took several years to put into place. But it sounds, where does it stand now? Is Is most of your operations digital and maybe break that down into sign out for primary diagnosis, frozen section, you know, sharing cases with colleagues. Where, where does it stand? At this moment, we can say that we have um, a 100% digital workflow for histology. So all our specimens are scanned and delivered to the pathologist by our network. So no slides are available for them in a parallel way uh, as we did in the beginning. And this has been since November 2019. So we have been almost three years soon, digital, totally digital. I think important is to know that everything has to be in place from the beginning. So you have like a four or five months to install all the scanners, couple them to the network, have all the monitors in place, 3D mouses and so on. And then you will have a conversion phase for the pathologists that they will feel certain with the technique. So it was about a half a year we needed for the conversion and to convince the pathologists. And we can talk about uh, resistance. I'm sure not everyone was in, completely in love with the process or, or on board, but how is, how is life different now when the pathologist comes into work in the morning? How do things look now versus uh, a few years ago? So at this moment, I can say that peace of mind is the, the biggest advantage advantage of the technology. It's, it's a totally new working atmosphere. So nobody's chasing slides anymore. We don't do the checkups for identity as they are delivered automatically by the computers and so on. So that, there is a lot of stress that has disappeared. So peace of mind for everybody on the laboratory is, is the major part. And I can say that most of our pathologists, they want to, uh, want to stay working digitally because of the ease Okay, so peace of mind. So there's a lot of factors or advantages. Hopefully there are advantages that we might not even consider. You say peace of mind. Maybe our listeners might think, well, the big difference is going to be they look at a screen instead of a, 
a microscope, but there's other things we should be thinking about. So peace of mind. So it sounds like a lot, of, maybe a lot of things we wouldn't necessarily focus on behind the scenes or uh, there's other people involved, other stakeholders, the handling of blocks and slides. So it sounds like there's increased quality uh, control there. There's better measures of standardization so we don't have to worry about specimen swaps. So w- what kind of advantages uh, that we might not even be thinking about did you encounter? The challenges we met throughout the process. I, I would say the digitalization is quite demanding from the beginning. Everything has to become standardized towards the scanning so that you have an optimal image quality and it starts at the laboratory. So we did it through an inquiry. So our pathologist gave us continual feedback on problems they had during the period that they had parallel the slides physically at their room and the digital the scanning images. When they weren't able to diagnose on the digital image, they were able to check it on the slides and then they gave us feedback for the reason of it. So the laboratory got a lot of feedback and they immediately responded by putting less material per slide so that it will be in, within the scanning region. The material would have to be more centered on the slide. We even slice thinner nowadays. At, I think we have a three micron thickness at this moment to give the advantage to the digital scanning versus the microscope. That's the first part of standardizing, uh, standardizing to a digital pathology. The second advantage that will happen is that pathologists working from four centers on a common infrastructure, they will need a standardized way for handling all the specimens. So all the laboratory technicians will have to work in the same way at all the centers and take care of the notes in the same way so that we don't mix up things or we have different procedures for different specimens. So, so it's really a quality check from the beginning to the end. The quality might have to be higher for a digital workflow or at least standardization requirements are much greater. Those are things like the uniform thickness of the sections. You said you went, I'm guessing you were at five microns before and then you went to three microns. Less tissue on the slide. I remember back when I was a pathology resident, we were admonished by for stuffing too much tissue into the into the cassette. That was generally a bad practice. Give it enough room to allow for proper fixation, allow for the ease of view, allow for the scanner to pick up all the tissue, you know, and to have a little margin in the edge or white space. I'm guessing. Often in pathology, we say something to the effect of, "Well, it's a poor carpenter that blames." his or her tools, right? That is, sometimes we've had to make do with poor histology. The levels of standardization were not there. There was room for error, but it it sounds like with a digital workflow, quality has to be higher because the the scanner needs to pick up the staining qualities. The tissue thickness is important. So is, is it accurate to say that maybe an unintended consequence of this was to bring up the quality of our histologic preparations? I think the goal from the beginning was to convince all the pathologists that we had advantages of a 100% digital workflow. They become more sensitive for the differences in quality. That was the first thing that made us the, doing these quality checks just to convince them to go over to the, to the digital workflow. So I, I think it's a combination that we didn't only... Well, we adapted so much because of the skepticism that was common for some of our pathologists. Not everybody was against, but we were convinced that we wanted 100% of the pathologists working digitally so that we could leave the, the slides, the physical slides in the past. It also 
maybe brings pathologists out of their own little world where slides magically appear, you know, at six o'clock in the morning. And it kind of shines a light on the histotechnicians and laboratory assistants who are working very hard, often at off hours or through the night to prepare slides. How has life changed for your laboratory assistants and histotechnicians uh, in terms of, of what they do? I'm very glad that you, we have really to thank them that, that we succeeded with this process. The, the, it was their effort eventually that convinced the pathologists. They did it because they would also get a benefit in the end. And I think at this moment, one of the biggest benefits for the laboratory technicians is that they don't have to assemble and sort any more slides. I can say for our laboratory, we in the, I'm talking about Malmo at this moment, it's about 35 to 14,000 specimens a year. We had two laboratories technicians working full-time just with this part, uh, assembly and sorting. And at this moment, we have just one doing three hours a day this work. And he adds or she adds to this uh, task also the uh, microscopic checking or like the digital microscopic checking of the quality. They understand the work much better. They slice deeper if they notice that it was too superficial sliced uh, before they pass it on to the pathologist. And nowadays they have better understanding and they slice a lot better than before. So, so there are a lot of advantages for the laboratory technicians. And I think they really enjoy this quality check on a microscope or like on a digital microscope for them at this moment. They have a lot of advantages for them. And nowadays I can say that our pathologists, when they have a remark on a slide or quality of a slide, they send the picture of the slide to the laboratory technicians. They became good microscopists on their level. So that's maybe an unintended consequence, or it sounds like the role of the histotechnologists, if this is even possible, has been elevated even more, that they have an even more integral role in, in ensuring the quality and making the workflow go seamlessly. So in the old days, we would review the glass slides, and then those glass slides would then need to be filed and archived. So it seems like we might be able to remove that step. How does the workflow look now in terms of what we do with slides and blocks and digital images once the case is signed out? I would imagine a lot of that work can happen in advance or at the same time the slides are being scanned and prepared. The part of the biobanking the leg legislation, and that's, that's really nation-specific uh, and will have to be taken on, on different levels. But I would say for our region, we haven't decided what we will do with the slides. So we still save all the slides in the archive, but eventually there will become a decision and it will be a nationwide decision on how long we will keep the slides. There's people talking that if we keep the slides one month and afterwards we have a, a really good image, a scanned image, which will keep its quality much longer, it's enough. The blocks we will have to keep in Sweden as we are obliged to do it. The specimens, the rest of the specimens, we, we're not obliged to keep that material. So we can say the blocks we always will have, the slides are under discussion, and we're not talking about histology, but cytology, that we know that the only uh, tissue we eventually have, have, or the cells we have, they're on the slide, so we are not able to toss the slides for cytology. But there's a discussion ongoing on how long we will keep the slides. You have uh, four centers on one infrastructure. 
which is probably you know something we as pathologists haven't really given thought to in the past. So you have this digital infrastructure, IT infrastructure. So what does this mean for the pathologists? You mentioned before they have more time to focus on you know just doing their job, the histology, and really those blocks, those concerns about handling the slides and tissue processing have largely gone away or you know, have taken on a different uh, form. But what does this mean in terms of what the pathologist can do in terms of uh, communicating among and between themselves uh, and, and so forth? At this moment, we have the opportunity or the possibility to communicate in between. So we use chat uh, functions uh, to contact each other when we have questions. Uh, we have chat groups, so we have subspecialized chat groups if we would like to know uh, something about a case or we want to discuss a case we just toss it into the chat group with a with a question what what grade or what kind of differentiation or this is an interesting case and normally you will get response within 10 minutes to half an hour of one of your colleagues that is online within the region uh, the consulting part within subspecialized parts you can normally you get within one hour an answer. That's fantastic. In the past, that could have taken days, right, to get somebody's opinion on something. Yeah, days or weeks. You didn't know when you passed the case away, then you just waited for the answer. So that's that's really great. You know that the other one is online. You just give him the question, and uh, if they have time, they respond immediately. And you can see when they're online also. So it's it's really great. Yeah, so it sounds like it reduces it reduces turnaround time. It probably increases the quality because you're perhaps able to share or you may be more likely to want to share a case or get somebody else's opinion, where in the past it may have been too much of a hassle. And dare I say, maybe it's it's even fun, kind of this more interactive way of practicing. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the pathologists, so we depending on which uh, center we were in, we have quite young pathologist teams or more uh, experienced teams. But I see that even the young teams, they develop, well, within the group really fast and strong, discussing cases, uh, showing cases, uh, finding new standards and, and grading systems. So you, you can see that the consensus the, or the need for consensus is much bigger nowadays. People react faster and I can say that, well, we don't meet each other anymore so much in the hallway, but online we are more active than ever. I see. So we have new, new ways of, of interacting. So is it, have you done any uh, measures of productivity in terms of the number of cases a pathologist is able to do, or maybe the hours needed to get the work done? Have you noticed any differences there? We've checked the, the use of our FTEs used for overtime and we reduced it from some periods, especially during holidays and so on. We had six or not up, up till nine FTEs uh, in overtime to compensate for the holidays. And nowadays we don't have any overtime. So we were able to balance the system because if you're in a smaller center and your colleagues on early leave, you have to do a lot of overtime. But nowadays we redistribute the cases or we ask the pathologists in the bigger centers to support the smaller centers or vice versa. It depends on the reason for this shortage of diagnostics. But we can say that turnover time for diagnostic at this moment has also became 27% better than before. Pathologist reaction time after the case has been released from the laboratory has improved by one third. 
It's quite dramatic. A one-third reduction in turnaround time, increased productivity, decreased FTEs. What about any feedback from the uh, clinicians or the, the hospital system or the healthcare system? Do they notice a, a difference, an increase in quality, decrease in turnaround time, and so forth? They're happy with decreasing in answering times, of course. But nowadays, we also start like communication with them. I have uropathology as a subspecialty, and we share our microscopic pictures, digitalized microscopic pictures with them, with our annotations. So they show them, the urologist checks when they have positive resection margins or extra prosthetic extension. They check it on our annotations in the pictures and they even show it for the patient if there are positive margins or so on. So, so they use it actively as a, as a way of communication. So we communicate with visual information at this moment with some specializations. That's even a, maybe an unexpected benefit. The education of your clinicians, the ability of the clinicians to actually see a visual picture so that it allows them to understand more, maybe have more confidence in what you're telling them. It's one thing to say, oh, you have positive margins, but you have positive margins and here's a picture. And you may have shown them before, maybe in a tumor board once a month, but now you can show them on, on a daily basis. Do you see your interactions with the clinicians increasing? Well, the understanding is bigger. As if they call us and they will, you always get this question, are you sure? Or I don't believe you. Or <laughs> and, and that's the point right. where you say, can you go into the case and I will show you the case. And you can see this area and that's the positive margin. Where you say, well, this was positive and it's also in the deep resection margin so you will have to go back to the case and i think that's that's really fast and easy way to communicate otherwise they had to come to it or they just had to ask it again to to a meeting and you you, you just can skip this so it's it's really uncomplicated i'm sure i'm sure and here's what it looks like this, this sounds like a really wonderful uh, transformation it sounds like it's not only the pathologists who are benefiting but really the whole team which is wonderful. So what, but what challenges uh, did you experience? I'm sure it wasn't easy, you know, going from the first glimmer in somebody's eye in 2014 over the next seven years. Um, you know, so what, what challenges uh, have you experienced? So the biggest challenge is convincing the pathologist. We didn't set any conversion time at all. So we just said, well, we start with a parallel system. We have the slides, the microscopic slides, and we have the digitalized slides. Most important is the continuous feedback of them and working from the laboratory. And we had the same part towards our providers as we were uh, a big customer and we expected a lot of them. Well, they answered fast on our demands. So the pathologists really experienced a way of influencing the product they were working with, and it kept them really motivated. So it, that's one of the, the biggest challenges, keeping the mo- pathologist motivated. Yeah, it's it's not trivial. I mean, it's a, it's a big difference going from a manual to a, a digital workflow. In terms of resistance among the pathologists, I mean, maybe outsiders or non-pathologists would say, well, it's completely obvious. Why wouldn't you want to go digital? That microscope seems like it's very difficult, very archaic, very an old-fashioned way of doing things, but a lot of the pathologists are in love with the microscope. It's it's kind of fun. It's fast. It's easy. It's not as cumbersome as people would think. And so, in terms of, and you know, pathologists have done well with it for well over a hundred years. So, in terms of resistance or barriers, what 
made the pathologist comfortable with the process? Was it just time? Was it a learning process? Or were there some things, some light bulb moments that made them say, at some point there was no going back? As an organization, we've never questioned the value of a microscope. That's the first and most important thing. We see still the value. And in the end of this period, conversion period, we had a questionnaire and we asked the pathologist honestly about the restrictions of digital pathology. And then they said, well, we scan at a 30 times magnification. So there are things that normally you will have to ha see at a higher magnification. And one of them, uh, these things was mitosis. Another thing was eosinophils first neutrophils. We had a SISH technique that was hard. We gave all the pathologists still the opportunity to get their slides immediately back from the archive. So if a case is out of focus or the pathologist isn't convinced that they will be able to diagnose on the digital part, they will get their slides within half an hour, one hour of ordering it through our list system, a laboratory information system. So that's what was the final comfort for them, that they will be able to work with glasses. So nobody's forced to diagnose digitally, but they have the a fast response time on getting the slides from the archive. And I think that was comfort to them, that we didn't devaluate the microscope. People shouldn't be forced to do things against their will or against their comfort. And really, I think there's that sense that the glass slide is the true specimen. Pathologists, for difficult uh, cases or difficult areas in a case, you know, sometimes you're noogering around with that, you're focusing up and down, you want to make sure, absolutely sure, you can see, see it from every angle. Interestingly, in terms of validating these systems, the, I believe the requirements in the new uh, College of American Pathologist recommendations for whole slide validation is 60 cases and to account for everything we do. And so that's very broad. And as you suggested, there's many, many, many applications and use cases, not only different tissue types, different organs, different cancers, different inflammatory conditions, but very specific questions like how many mitoses are there? Is this a mitosis or not? Is this a neutrophil or an eosinophil? And really, we have to get comfortable with an awful lot of situations, which we might not have even considered. So like you said, we're comfortable with 99% of it, but for mitosis, we want to see the glass slide. Um, so have we gained comfort in those areas as well? Mitosis, that's a learning process. Everybody can see mitosis on a digital image but it's it's different it's different from the slide so it's it's important to learn how to see it and when you you see them eventually you will always see them so that that's that's a learning process and for the eosinophiles and neutrophiles i haven't found a method to di differentiate them Sish, well when you need a, a larger magnification you take them to your microscope we're considering having high magnification but that's something for the future uh, most important is here the quality of the scanning. So we talked about like ordering slides and so on, but I can say we don't order more than 10 glasses a day out of 1300 a day to microscopy or rescanning. So the, the quality of digital microscopy in our region anyway is, is so high that it's, it, it doesn't stop the workflow of the pathologist. What other challenges have you experienced? I think one of the big concerns is particularly in a setting like yours, we have multiple centers, you have large infrastructure. A concern is always about data, storing the data, archiving the data, transmitting the data. 
through the cloud. Uh, what kind of IT concerns did you have? The biggest challenge is that we do everything on a magnification, on a 40 times magnification. We produce one petabyte of data every year. This is a part where we have now considered different solutions and we are discussing a cloud solution for the future with diminished magnification level. So for the diagnostics, we use a 40 times magnification, but for the storage after two years, we are considering a 20 times magnification on a cloud service. So that's that's the first part of using cloud services for the laboratory. We are developing this and I think it will be, we're waiting on some changes or like decisions within legislation to be able to use cloud solutions. But I think we are Within the near future, half a year or a year, we will have a cloud solution for our archiving of these pictures. Uh, for the, the, the working uh, space on, on the service, we still have enough of, uh, space, but it's expensive. Uh, it's an expensive extra to pathology, this uh, data. It sounds like it's continuously evolving. So even you, you underwent this transformation, but there's still... You know, there's still evolutions to, to consider. So it sounds like going to the cloud might be the, ne- the next frontier. The cloud is quite important to th- see this as a whole, as we have even more um, computational technology coming in with um, artificial intelligence and so on. So as we don't want to move the data too much, maybe the cloud will become also in the future a possibility to, for cloud computation so that the AI providers would be on the same place as where we have our storage. And so we are opening for combination of these solutions in the same place, but it's it's for the future at this moment. So speaking of AI, I think we're all very excited about the possibilities that that's opening up. You know, but it has to be integrated into your system. So let's talk about integration of your digital solution with your existing infrastructure, the LIS, your healthcare system. And it sounds like you're also talking about cancer registries and other bodies across Sweden. Any concerns or barriers in terms of integration of your system uh, with the existing uh, networks and or other systems throughout Sweden? So within Sweden, there are a lot of counties and they are individually responsible for their laboratory information systems and picture archiving and communication systems. But then we have our national cancer registers, national quality systems and so on. So we have always have to work towards these. But for the region of Skåne or for every county, we always have to think about integration of artificial intelligence towards these systems. So we have already have to open for a continuous information flow, workflow, as an example for a laboratory information system to the picture archiving communication system that will have to, in some way, open up for an uh, artificial intelligence provider. So we have to think about the whole workflow as we will expect in the future data coming from an AI provider maybe wants to go into the list to back to the clinician as well as to a national cancer register. So we are already opening up, we are already reserving places in some of our cancer registers for digital information provided by AI, but it's still not there as we will have to develop this infrastructure. It is an ongoing journey and a lot of the infrastructure 
needs to be developed. Dr. Kevin Sandeman from the region Skåne from Sweden, thank you so much for being with us and sharing your experience in your digital transformation. So before we wrap up, tell us what what excites you and where do you see the field headed in the next 10 years or so? Well, the digital pathology will grow and I'm really excited about the integration of AI into it. I think we've not seen 10% of the possibilities of AI within the clinical flow. At this moment, they're just showing the top of the iceberg. Just just the tip of the iceberg, indeed. Well, our guest has been Dr. Kevin Sandeman. We'll see you next time on Digital Pathology Today. This has been Digital Pathology Today. Please be sure to subscribe. Thanks for listening.